Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Hey there! Uh, homeschool reading community and welcome to this Facebook live post topic about how to be a better teacher for your child than the reading experts can. This is a topic that I am super passionate about. If you have been around the community or been on my email list for any length of time, then you know that this is something that I can totally get on my soapbox and talk about all afternoon. But today I want to specifically share some really practical strategies to be able to help you teach your child how to read successfully even if you don't have that degree in education or 25 years of experience as a reading teacher because I really strongly believe that parents are actually more qualified to teach their kids how to read than the reading teachers in public schools. And so today I want to talk about what it is that really helps you be qualified to teach your child and I want to share some really practical tips and strategies for some things that you can be doing right now at home with your kids to really make the most of the unique advantage that you have that makes you particularly qualified to teach them. Today we're going to talk about what it is that makes you qualified to teach your child to read even if you don't have that education degree or the years of experience background in reading and we're going to be talking about those Uh, hands-on, really specific, actionable strategies that you can use to teach your child how to read without all of that uh, knowledge and experience. And I think the first thing that I want to talk about and that I want to make sure that everybody knows if you hear one thing today, you need to hear this. And that is that you know your child better than anyone else. And really when it comes down to it, that's what makes you more qualified to teach them to read because the reading teacher in the public schools might know more about the process of teaching a child to read than you do. And that's okay, but you know more about your child than they do. And ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, you are teaching your child, not just reading. So we are teaching them how to read, but we're teaching our child. And I think that's something that so often gets lost and forgotten in this process, but it's something that is so important because the reality is that it is so much easier to learn the process of teaching a child to read than it is to learn everything that you already know about your child. You've spent your enti- your child's entire life getting to know them, getting to know all of those unique personality quirks that make them special, getting to know what motivates them and what discourages them, getting to know how they learn and how they uh discover new things. You've probably even taught them a lot of things, right? You've probably taught them maybe how to talk, how to walk, 
how to use the potty. If you taught them how to use the potty, you can totally teach them how to read, just saying. Um, and all of those things. And you have been their primary teacher up until this point, right? So parents are their kid's primary teacher from birth until usually in our culture, preschool or sometimes elementary school. But the crazy thing is that when um, we study brain growth, we know that 85% of our kids' brain development occurs between the ages of zero to three. When who is the primary teacher? You, the parents, right? And so it's super important for us as we're teaching our kids how to read, just to remember that we have already been doing it. We've already been teaching our kids lots of things up to this point, and we've been teaching them during the time when their brain growth was the most. We were their first teacher, and this is not any different than any of the other things that we've been teaching them. We just put all sorts of crazy expectations and mind games around reading because our society tells us that it's something that somebody who's like a trained teacher should do, right? So that's the first thing to keep in mind. It's also really important to remember that because you know your child the best, you know what motivates them to learn the best. And you can totally use that to your advantage when you're teaching your child to read, and you totally should. So I was reading a really fun scientific study not too long ago. And if you've been around here, you know that it wouldn't be one of these Facebook Lives without at least one scientific study, right? So here we go. So in this particular study, they were studying classrooms where the kids stay with the same teacher for more than one one year. And they studied how those kids did in the class in the first year and then in the second year when they had the same teacher. And I'm sure, well, none of us are shocked to find out that in this study they figured out that the kids actually did better in the second year because the teacher already knew them, they already knew uh, what motivated them and, and how they learned and where they were at in things. And so they didn't have to spend the first few months of the year getting to know them, getting to know where they were at, figuring out how to teach them, all of those things. And for us as homeschool parents, that's the advantage that we have. We have that advantage every year. So we already know what our kids know and don't know. We already know how they learn. We already know how they think. And we can use all of those things, whereas a public school teacher would have to spend the first part of the year getting to know their class, getting to know how they think, all those kinds of things. And so that's a really big advantage that plays to us and plays to our strengths. Um, so that's a really important thing for us to know. Another thing for us to know is that, did you catch it in the study? The advantage happens in the second year. So if you are in your first year of homeschooling right now, or really even your second, if you're still like in the beginning stages of homeschooling, this is something definitely to hear. Because that first year, the teacher in the public school classroom and us as a homeschool parent is gonna have to spend some time getting to know our kids as learners and developing that relationship of us as the teacher and them as the learner. And that's one of the things that makes that first year of homeschooling so difficult. So if this is your first year of homeschooling and you're thinking like we should have figured it out by now, I still feel like I'm not really in the groove, that's pretty normal for February of year one. And it can take some time to figure out what really works for your family and what clicks. It can take some trial and error, but the good news is that next year, it's gonna be so much easier because you've already done these things and you've already gotten to know your child in that way. So that can really, really help. So we talked about um, knowing what motivates our kids. We talked about that study. 
What about feeling qualified? Is there anybody who feels like they're not qualified to teach their child? Well, another thing that I wanted to share is this, and it's just something that I heard um, from another homeschool speaker that I thought was super relevant. And she said, if we don't feel qualified, where did we get that from? Like, how did we learn that? And she said, if you came from a public school, which I did, I don't know if anybody else here did, um, but I, so I went to public school. And so when I think about not feeling qualified as a teacher, then I probably shouldn't be sending my kids to the school that didn't qualify me. Does that make sense? So like if you came from a public school background and you're not feeling qualified to teach your kids, then maybe that should say something about what you might do with them. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. Sarissa says, I have a question. What happens if there's a lot of shame and trauma around reading and my body resists reading? How do you undo this? Yeah, definitely. That's a really good question. Um, I think trying to look for positive experiences that you can have with your kids around books can be really helpful. You're talking about you as the parent and the, the um, teacher resisting it for yourself, right? Um, so I think trying to focus on it being a bonding experience with your kids can be really helpful and maybe looking for some different ways that you can incorporate um, those shared experiences around books. So maybe there is a topic that you and your kids are really interested in that you can explore together and the topic of the book can sort of help be the bridge. Or maybe if it's specifically around reading the book, you might look for um, like an audio book that you can enjoy together and maybe your kids might flip through the book or not but um, maybe you would listen to the book together as a family and that can sometimes help if the issue is actually the physical reading of the book I know for some people that can be a challenge um the shame yeah reading and my body resists okay yeah so um those kinds of things might help let me know um tell me more let me know if that's if that's helpful or if that's what you were thinking um, yeah, Heather says, I do, it's really good. There's some fighting, so be ready for that. Yeah, that's definitely, I always, um, it's good to preview books for sure before you read them to your kids. There have been a few where I've done a read aloud and it's come recommended to us and I've started reading it and then gotten into it and went, oh, okay, um, <laughs> and had to edit on the fly. Um, so that can, that can be a challenge for sure, but that's awesome. We're going to check that out. Cool. Thank you. All right. Myra says, my daughter and I fight about her reading. The public school has her believing that she did not need to know how to read or write. Oh my gosh, Myra. Yeah, you are not alone in that. There are a lot of public school classrooms right now that are teaching a strategy called 3Qing or uh, MCV is another word for it. Um, I don't know. You can tell me if that's what if that's what they taught her or not. Um, but basically, the strategy is like look at the picture and then guess. Um, and it it can be a really, it's it's tricky because it's easier for kids at the very beginning when they're reading those books that are like I like kittens, I like flowers, I like toys or whatever, and they've got a little picture that goes along with each of the things. But when they get to a more complicated book where they have to actually sound it out and they have to be able to read a new word for themselves, those strategies of looking at the picture and guessing don't serve them. But the problem is that because those strategies are easier in the beginning, the kids only ever want to do those strategies. So yeah, that is really tricky. Um, 
when they've been exposed to those things first. Yeah, it's it's difficult to get them to go back and want to sound it out because that process is a little bit harder, but ultimately that's what's gonna be able to help them be able to read for sure. Um, Myra, are you doing side-by-side -side reading with your daughter? That can be really helpful if you've got somebody who's really resistant to reading. So in that strategy, you would alternate the pages. Um, you would divide up like you're, you read all the left hand and she reads all the right hand. Um, and that can be good just to give her sort of a shorter time of practicing reading that has a dedicated end point to it. So she knows she only has to read that one page and then she gets to take a break and hear you read it. Um, that can be a strategy sometimes if they're working on practicing reading, but just not wanting to practice. That's one thing that can help. Okay. So let's see, we've talked a lot about the why, but let's get into the strategies, right? Because I know that I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't just hop on my soapbox, but that I actually um, gave you some practical strategies. So let's talk about those. Jennifer says, my oldest doesn't want to try to sound things out. He can make the sounds individually most of the time, but like panics or gets anxious when he has to put the sounds together. Yeah. Jennifer, have you tried the blueprint to blending? Jennifer has the Reading Better Together curriculum. Have you tried Blueprint to Blending yet? It's a game. It's in Reading Better Together. Um, if you look in the bonuses section of the curriculum, and it's it's a board game that you can play with your kids, and it goes through some intermediate steps to transition from sounding out sounds to blending them to make words, but everything is verbal. So it's designed to be fun and um, like to take all of the intimidation out of the process, but it builds those intermediate steps for them that they'll need to be able to be successful with blending. Not yet. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. That's where I would go for sure, Jennifer. Um, and it sounds like if he's getting anxious, I might even just put the curriculum aside for a week or two and just play the game and then go back to it and see how he does with the blending if it gets easier. I'm suspicious that it will. Um, but let me know. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Myra says, yes, ma'am, we work line by line. Yeah, yeah, that can help too. That's another thing that I do with my daughter sometimes. I'll actually take a piece of paper and cover up the words except for the line that she's reading just because it can help her not like not get so overwhelmed by how much there is on the whole page. Yeah, that's a really good strategy. Yeah, for sure, Jennifer, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay, so practical strategies to help you be able to teach your child to read and to really play to your strengths. Um, the first thing that I think is really important is that, uh, let's see where I put these. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. The first thing that I think is really important is that we want to create a culture of reading in our house. So as much as possible, we want to be modeling for our kids that reading is important and we want them to be able to catch us reading. And that might be something that's tricky to do, like what we were talking about a little bit earlier with Sarissa's question. Um, if reading is a struggle for you, personally, but I think especially when your child is in that phase of learning to read, the more that they can see you reading or that they can see other family members reading and the more that they can like see that be an important part of your family culture, the better. You might notice this, especially if you have siblings in your house. I have noticed this so much with my daughter because my son is now a fluent reader and so he is reading all the time and he reads to her and he reads to himself and he reads like voluntarily for fun 
uh, on a daily basis. And so my daughter from the very beginning has been super excited about reading. The minute I suggested it was time, she's like, okay, sign me up. We're doing this. Let's go. And it was because she'd seen her brother do it so much. And she was just, she knew she was ready. And with my son, I needed to do a lot more of the motivation piece, a lot more of the like, here's why we need to do this. You know, we're going to be able to read these books together. And with my daughter, she just has been like, okay, let's go. We're going to learn how to read now. I'm ready. Um, and so that motivation piece can be really helpful when they see somebody else in the family doing it and when it becomes a part of your family culture. Another really easy way to do this is to go to the library on a really regular basis. Um, I read a study recently that said that if you can provide your child with a steady stream of new age-appropriate books, that that's one of the best ways to increase their interest in reading. So that, I mean, that to me screams library, right? Because all you have to do is go on a regular basis and then pick out books that are interesting and age-appropriate for your child. And that can be a really great way to get those books for her or for them. Uh, the second thing that you're going to want to do is to read out loud to your child. We've talked about this a lot already, um, but the research says that when we, when a child is read out loud to at least three times a week by a family member, that they will have those benefits in terms of their reading scores. And it's not just immediate benefits, it's long-term benefits, like years in the future. So the cool thing about this study is that you really only have to do it according to the study three times a week to start to see the results. So that tells me that it's so important that you can even miss more days than you make and your child is still gonna see benefits. But that said, you really do want to try to read out loud to them more often. And again, you can look for any of those other, you know, do a do an audiobook or sort of alternate the reading with your child or maybe with your spouse or whoever. Um, it just has to be a family member for them to get the benefits that, that they found in this particular study. So lots of reading out loud to your child. There are so, so, so many benefits of that. And then finally, making sure that you are teaching your child to read with a great reading program. So we talked about in the beginning that you are more qualified because you know your child better, but it's still important that you as the child's parent learns how to teach your child to read. And there are lots of great reading programs out there that will spell out the process and make it easy for you as a homeschool parent. If you're looking for one, you are welcome to um, come in the Reading Better Together program. I would love for you to do that. I'm gonna be opening doors for that program in just a few weeks. And I would love to see you in there. Inside the description of this video, there is a link where you can learn more about Reading Better Together and get on the wait list. So I know there are parents who are waiting for those doors to open so that they can hop in. Um, I am finishing up a couple of really exciting updates on the back end and I am going to be opening doors as soon as I can. But for right now, you want to make sure that you are on the VIP wait list. And there is a link on that page that's in the description there where you can get on the wait list and then you will be the first to know when it is available. So those are my tips. Um, if you are wanting to really make the most of your expertise as a parent um, to make sure that you are creating that culture of reading in your house, 
to go to the library with your child often, read out loud to them, and then find a program that will help you develop the knowledge about how to teach your child to read. Because you already have the important part, you already know how to teach your child. So it's just this last little piece about the specifics of reading that we need to figure out. And that's the same for potty training and for any other topic that you were teaching your child. Reading really isn't any different. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out the strategy. And I would love Love to come alongside you and help you with that. So I think, let's see, I'm not seeing any other comments. If you have other questions or comments, feel free to put those in the chat and I would love to answer them. And of course, if you're watching the replay, go ahead and add your comments in the chat as well. Um, and I will answer those throughout the week. I think my daughter is awake. I hear her. Can you hear her? She is loud. Okay, um, I'm gonna go get her in just a second, but I just wanted to let you know that next week I'm gonna be back and I'm gonna be talking about using free resources to teach your child to read. There are so many free resources out there. Um, if you go on Pinterest, you can find tons of things. And so I'm gonna be sharing my favorite do's and don'ts for using these free resources and just tips for that as well as your teaching reading with your child. So I'm really excited to share that topic with you and I hope that you will be back next week. We'll be live again in the group at three o'clock Eastern to talk about that. Also, if you have a specific question about teaching your child to read or a topic that you would like to see me talk about during these Wednesday Facebook Lives, I would love to hear about that. You can email me at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com or put your uh, topic idea in the comments and I can find it there as well. So I hope that you have a wonderful week. Uh, thanks for watching and I'll see you next week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the Homeschool Reading Community Group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the Homeschool Reading Community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.